Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome to Big Sunday. Jay Bakley with, as always, Grant Nicholson on Sundays. What's up, Grant? What's up, Jay? How are you? What sports did you dive into this weekend? USFL? I was not on the USFL bandwagon. I know I, you've uh, dove into uh, F1 this morning. I was on F1 this morning. Kept keeping up with the Royals. And Maybe some NBA playoffs. NBA playoffs, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the USFL, man. They're having a hard time getting fans unless Birmingham's playing. Which I understand that. It's like the only team playing in their home city. Did we have a glowing ball situation yet? Have you know, it's it? weird. I haven't seen it, man. Dang it. I mean, it must do it. I don't know. I, I just haven't seen it. I just, I'm blown away with the lack of people there. But then I shouldn't be because they're playing all the games in Birmingham. Isn't there always an like issue that, with attendance for spring football? Yeah, but they're, they're taking that whole market and saying, Birmingham, go support our league. Like, I don't think that's fair to Birmingham. They've got their own team. I mean, if, this game, if the games are in Pittsburgh or wherever, they'd probably go out and support their own team. But. Like, if Kansas City had a team, how many people do you think would drive to Birmingham to watch them? Nobody. Yeah. It's rough. But we're four days away from the NFL draft at this point, Grant. This is uh, NFL draft uh, shift time, 100%. Not that I haven't already been there already. But the NFL draft is, uh, I guess, one of the highlights of the sports calendar, to be quite honest with you. It's really growing to that point. I mean, it always has been. But I don't know. I, I put the NFL draft... Right up there with uh, opening day in the NFL, you name it. Yeah, opening day in the NFL is a lot of fun, but drafting players, it's going to help you for the lifeblood for the future of your organization. It's right up there as well. It's how important this day is. It redefines who and what you are. It's like, would they be where they are if they didn't draft Mahomes back at 17? Like, think how important that day was. Think how important that decision was on the NFL draft. They've been the four straight uh, AFC title games. You think they're there without Mahomes? No. They're not there without Patrick Mahomes. But I'm still excited because, I don't know, they're trading down. 29-30, they got to stay there. You know, what are they going to do? I think it's going to be fun. I think draft night's going to be fun. I'll never forget the uh, that draft night where the uh, Chiefs had made the trade and they were uh, moving down to 10. You just knew they were getting a quarterback, right? It's just the excitement. I don't know where you were at that point, Grant, but I know that you know, around here, Ron was in here doing something with me, and Serta was in here, and 
I mean, the Chiefs were making a move to finally get a quarterback, and just that excitement that was, you can't describe that. How exciting the NFL draft was that night. Yeah, it was It was pretty great. I don't remember exactly where I was, but I remember the feeling I had, and I was, like, texting people, like, oh, we moved up, like, it's got to be Watson at that point. I really thought it was Watson. Do you remember where you were when they took Mahomes? I don't, know. I really don't. That's one of those things you remember where you were. I mean, I remember my feelings. I was in college for sure, somewhere. Were you still in K-State? Yeah, Manhattan. Well, I remember the whole drive back just thinking about Tyree Kill and throwing Mahomes throwing the Tyree Kill. You name it, the excitement of that. Also, I uh, should note, uh, Miguel Cabrera had his 3,000th hit yesterday and uh, sounded something like this. Upright, relaxed stance, tucks the left shoulder in as he cocks the bat over the right. The 1-1 ground ball. Base hit in the right! 3,000 for Miguel Cabrera! Oh, what an incredible journey from a skinny 15-year-old discovered on the dusty fields of Morakai to an icon in Motown. Miguel Cabrera, the pride of Venezuela, has joined one of the most exclusive clubs containing the best hitters in baseball history, 3,000 hits. And Sal Perez was discovered from Venezuela at 16 years old, but that was the seventh guy ever to have 3,000 hits in 500 home runs. And you know what, this list, Grant, I don't know if we're going to see someone from the current stock in a 3,000-hit club. I mean, Trout's sitting there, what, like 1450, and he's 30 years old? Maybe Altuve has a chance. I mean, there's several people with a chance, but you got to maintain. Getting the 3,000 hits is absolutely insane. And the fact he's one of seven players ever to have 3,000 hits and 500 home runs, but the clubs, it's not going to be very attainable. I mean, what you saw in this deal is, again, it's baseball in the streaks, in the numbers. These things are more hallowed. Like the NFL, these numbers get beat, you know, from time to time, but it's no big deal. I remember when Adrian Peterson was trying to beat the rushing record a few years ago. Yeah, it was cool, but, I mean, no one really cared. Because football, these care what you did this week. Not this moment by Miguel Cabrera. But I'll say this, too. It's been a pleasure watching this guy. I mean, you've seen one of the greatest generations still playing, or greatest players still playing during your generation. I remember when he got the triple crown at Kauffman Stadium. And he had won that night, his last game of the season. There was like 10,000 uh, people walk up crowd to see it. And he wanted, he has always liked the Kansas City fans because Kansas City fans were, were nice to him because he did it here in Kansas City. I was hoping that it would have been with 3,000 hits in Kansas City selfishly, but I'm glad he did it in Detroit, especially after getting walked the other night, which I understand that Aaron Boone walks him, but I understand why that happened. But for him to finally get 3,000 hits, it's good stuff. Miguel Cabrera, though, that's a once-in-a-generational player that you're still able to see. And I'll talk to Vern at 11 o'clock because he's watched a lot of Miguel Cabrera. He covered the Tigers uh, for a while as well, what it meant to him. We'll talk to him at about 11 o'clock. Ron Kopp, Arrowhead Pride, talking NFL draft with Ron coming up at about 9.30. But Brett Veach met the media this past Friday, and GM's talking before the draft is always fun. What's a smoke screen and what isn't? How many things did he say were meant to be a smokescreen? Like, well, you can draft a running back in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round, 
or undrafted, but I guarantee one of those guys will have a thousand yards. That's what he said. Of course. But does that mean he's going to stay put, or does he think, eh, in the fourth round, we'll get a running back? Or do you, does he want people to think, ah, oh, the Chiefs aren't going to get a running back? You know, they're not going to waste getting a running back in the fourth round. But the whole trade down, trade up, I think that stuff's fun. But he said this about the Tyree Kill trade and about when you have Patrick Mahomes, it's business as usual. I think, and I've said this before, I think um, when you have Pat Mahomes, I think we're wired to, to go after it every year. And even though you make may make moves and may trade really good players, um, it doesn't mean that there'll be a counterpunch and that we'll try to you know be aggressive in another way. I, I think you just have to be smart and, and, and flexible with what you do. And I think um, the you know what's needed to do that is draft resources and cap space. And so just because you trade away great player doesn't mean you know, we're in a rebuilding mode by any means. It means that we're just going to find a new set of resources and, and try to become aggressive. I don't think they're, quote, in a rebuilding mode, but they are reshaping this roster. And what he says there about as long as you have Patrick Mahomes, you have a fighter's chance. It's 100% right. It's why the Steelers, you always thought, all right, they always have a chance because they had Big Ben. And I know it started to slip a little bit for Big Ben, but most of the time he was there, they always had a chance because they had him. Or the Patriots always had a chance to win the division because of Tom Brady. And all the other parts moved around him. But the Chiefs, before your eyes, have really cut out this roster. They've been axing this roster. Only Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, James Winchester, and Harrison Butker remain on this team pre-Patrick Mahomes. That's it. And two of them are specialists in Winchester and Butker. They have they've slowly but surely cleaned out this roster. I'm not saying it's rebuilding. I think it's more in a reload mode when you have Patrick Mahomes as quarterback. That's 100% right. As long as you have him, you think you have a fighter's chance. And right now, at the heyday of the NFL, it's never been more popular than what it is now. I mean, you even have the schedule release coming out on May 12th. It's already got two sponsors for that. I mean, it's just insane how popular this league is. And they're taking over with three games on Christmas Day. Don't know if you saw that, Grant, but it's going to be a triple header in the NFL on Christmas Day. You know who usually liked playing on Christmas Day? The I, NBA. Yeah. You know what the NFL said? I I don't care. We're just going to dominate any day we want to. But that, that's always been the NBA day. In the NFL, I know they have played on Christmas, but they're saying we're going to make it a big deal. You know, we're going to make it a big deal and do a triple header because this is what they do. It's like during March Madness, you know, legal tampering takes over what you care about, the tournament or care about NFL free agency. And most people care about NFL free agency. But just amazing what the NFL will do. But as long as you have that quarterback, everything else falls into place. And that's exactly where the Chiefs sit. Once they have Patrick Mahomes, it's just about building around them. It's about getting those pieces. But he's down in Texas right now. You know, working out with Juju Smith-Schuster and the MVS that were added to the Chiefs. And they'll probably add somebody. I hope they add somebody in the draft as a wide receiver as well. But this is what you do. You got him. You think you have a chance. That's what keeps seeing you read coaching. He knows he's got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. And yeah, there's going to be times that you say, well, teams are catching up to him or look what they're doing with, you know, the two high safeties and the shell coverage. And they're going to slow down Patrick Mahomes. And then all of a sudden at the end of the year, you look at the fact that he's already <laughs> thrown for 4,700 yards and over 30 touchdowns for four years. When Tom Brady and Drew Brees have only done it three times. Or four times, and he's already done three in four years. And the Chiefs were number one in points per drive last year.
But if you got Patrick Mahomes, this is why they've won six straight division titles that preceded Mahomes, even Alex Smith, how much they've owned this division. But I'm with I'm with Brett Veach there. As long as you know you have that guy coming out for this team, it's just about putting pieces around him. Grant, as I'm watching, do you see the Guardians uh, being thrown beer cans at him? I'm still watching that highlight. Yeah, yeah, the Yankees were throwing beer at him. Beer at the uh, beer at Cleveland. But anyway, that's been kind of a, a hot thing in the, uh, Major League Baseball this past week. But coming up next, we'll take a look at something else Brett Beach said that I 100% agree with, the pressure to repeat. I like what he said next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Big Sunday, Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson, Ron Kopp, ArrowheadPride.com, joining us today 30 Talking Chiefs Draft. All right, here's a little bit of trivia for you, Grant. I mentioned Miguel Cabrera became the seventh player to have 3,000 hits and 500 home runs. Can you name the other six? And if you can't, you get a free pass. But can can you name anybody in the list? Albert Pujols. Boom. Boom. One. Right there. Figured you'd get him because he's still playing, right? I, I don't know if I could get any more. Uh, Hank Aaron. Willie Mays. Willie Mays is on there. Eddie Murray. Pudge. Or no, not Pudge Rodriguez. Tell me the other Rodriguez. A-Rod. A-Rod's on there. And one real surprise, Rafael Palmeiro. Like, that one's kind of surprising, Rafael Palmeiro. Because we all know about the, you know, the marks on his career and everything else. But Rafael Palmeiro. The other one, they have 3,000 hits and 500 home runs that Miguel Cabrera now enters that club. So we talked about Brett Beach, you know, saying as long as you have Patrick Mahomes, you know, just everything else uh, falls in line and he always gives you a puncher's chance each and every year. He said this, too, about repeating. And if you want a GM that's still hungry, well, here's Brett Beach. Yeah, I think, I mean, just in general in this league, I mean, it's it's – I, I joke with the guys all the time. I, I always thought, like, if you become a GM and, and won a Super Bowl, it's like icing on the cake and, you know, stress-free life. And it's the complete opposite. You know, every year you feel like it's not good enough. So I think just in general, you know, working in this profession um, and, and 
you know, being in this league, it, it, they, you, everyone literally forgets what you did the year before. And it's every year it's got to be something brand new and something different. And um, it, it motivates us. And, and uh, you know, we're certainly fortunate that we have guys that are wired to come in and compete every day. Um, and, you know, talking to Pat every day and seeing the way he's working with those guys out there is, is certainly um, another motivating factor. I mean, um, but the pressures and the expectations are there, whether you won a Super Bowl the year before or whether you stink. I mean, there's still pressure to win, so I think we feel it all the time. See, I like that attitude. He even said icing on the cake. He jokes with people that once you win that Super Bowl, everything else is icing on the cake. It's the pressure repeating. You set expectations. This town has clear expectations of the Chiefs. I mean, I've seen the expectations for the Royals that people have, you know, on Twitter and just talking to people that uh, the expectations for the Royals, once they went in 14 and 15, it became, what are the expectations? Like right now, the Royals have been struggling the last couple of years. But again, I think people do forget at times, this is a small market team. And I always ask people, name the other small markets that have won a World Series. Because you can't. And people will always criticize the Royals, but the Royals play with a different, they play in a different plane than the NFL. The NFL, everybody's got the same money, the same salary cap. Everybody, baseball doesn't have a salary cap. Things like television revenue and everything else make, make a difference. Your TV contract, the Royals finally got a different TV contract. So they'll have more money. We'll see what they do with this. But they had one of the worst in Major League Baseball, if not the worst television contract in baseball. And yet they still went out went to two World Series and won one. It's like, what are the expectations? You know, I see everybody tearing up Cal Eldred because of the Royals pitching staff not pitching well. You know, because Brad Keller went out and gave up four runs. You know, all of a sudden it's Cal Eldred's fault. But the same people criticizing that don't criticize the fact the bullpen threw 27 and two-thirds innings scoreless. That's three games. You can't have it both ways. You can't have and tear up Cal Eldred on one hand and then say, well, the bullpen's gone 27 innings without giving up a run. Who the hell do you think the bullpen coach is? It's still Cal Eldred. He's the pitching coach. So it's like you can't have both things. It's like the expectations get unreal sometimes. I think for sports fans in this town, you just expect, you know, no hitters every game. You expect 50 home runs from four guys on your team. You know, you expect Bobby Whitter to have 30 home runs at this point. It's an exaggeration, but that's the expectations. But the expectations for the Chiefs are, it's like last year. If you would have got to the AFC title game in previous years, you'd be like, whoa. I mean, I remember that 93 season. You know, when the Chiefs made the AFC title game against Buffalo. And that was just something you haven't seen before. I mean, if you weren't, you know, alive the first Chiefs Super Bowl, which a lot of you weren't, you know, it's 69 and 70 year. And you look and they had expectations. You know, they got, what, 12 guys in the Pro Football Hall of Fame from those teams. But they didn't follow up. They won one, but they didn't follow it up, and the expectations were there. Expectations are tough, man. And the Chiefs have got themselves there. It's a little bit like KU basketball, you know, the expectations. I don't think they started to care as much of winning 14 straight Big 12 titles in a row in basketball. They want to go to the Final Four and hang up Final Four banners. That's the expectation. But with the Chiefs now, it's I'm with you. If you were disappointed after that Bengals game, I'm with you. In previous years, it wouldn't have bothered you losing the AFC title game because you got to the AFC title game. But when the Chiefs have gone four straight years, they've been the two Super Bowls, and they've won a Super Bowl, all of a sudden your expectations for what a success and isn't a success is the Super Bowl. And I, 
I think Chiefs fans can get to the point where New England was. Where even a Super Bowl loss is disappointing. I think that Chiefs loss to the Buccaneers was extremely disappointing. And then you sit there and say, man, and you list all the things. Patrick Mahomes running for his life. They got to fix the offensive line. And then you tell yourself as well, well, that was the Super Bowl. You know, they went as far as any team in the AFC. They won the AFC title and they lost in the Super Bowl because the expectation is to keep winning it and capitalize it. And I think they should. This team's too good. Mahomes is too good to rest on his laurels and win one Super Bowl. Andy Mahomes or Andy Reid's too good of a head coach to just win one Super Bowl. You want more, and I get it. That's the expectations now for the Chiefs. And with Brett Veach talking about, you know, icing on the cakes winning a Super Bowl, it's about winning more. I mean, I think Andy Reid's still coaching because he wants to win more. And that's good because you always wonder what the motivation level is with those in the front office. You know, just not be satisfied. I know Mahomes isn't satisfied. I know he's not sitting there going, well, I've got an MVP, a Super Bowl MVP. I've got a Super Bowl ring, and he's going to rest on his laurels and be okay with that. No, they want to win another one. These are legacy chasers, and that's good. It's like Peyton Manning. He always wanted to win. When he's with the Colts and the Broncos, it was about winning that title. But I think sometimes we get these expectations, and, and you know, we think, okay, because I, Travis Kelsey said it too. Because that was disappointing when they lost the Super Bowl. You know, it was. And I remember when they did win the Super Bowl, St. Joe, Clark Hunt, and I've never heard him say this. As far as his expectations, he gave a speech to the team, gave a speech to the media and said, our expectations are to go to the Super Bowl. The expectations are to win the trophy named after his dad, the Lamar Hunt Trophy, in the AFC and go to the Super Bowl. He put out the mission statement. Like, I haven't heard him do that. And then they did. They won their division. They won the AFC. Then they won the Super Bowl. But that was the expectations, and they they came through with it. And we haven't seen that. We're not used to the Chiefs going that far in the postseason. Now, with Mahomes, when they got there with the Patriots, and they didn't quite get to the Super Bowl, all of a sudden the wheels started spinning, going, okay, this is what we can do. You know, with Alex Smith, Alex Smith was a good quarterback, you know, and, but you didn't think, okay, this guy's going to go out and win the Super Bowl every year. And the expectations were never there that Alex Smith could go out and win you the, win you the Super Bowl every year. But with Mahomes, he's done it. You know, he can do it. So your expectations are always get there. And then when he doesn't, you're let down, which I think is a bit unfair at times because of the pressure and the expectations on a certain player. But I think right now, I mean, what are your expectations? They're still number three in Super Bowl odds. Vegas still believes in the Chiefs. And the whole thing with the whole trading for Debo, and I mean, which I wouldn't do, and I don't think they're going to do it because I think Debo's, I mean, he does want to appear to want to be traded. But if the Chiefs did sign him, they'd probably jump the Buffalo Bills and be the number one team in the AFC. You say, well, how's that happen? Tyree Kill's just as good or better. Well, they had Tyree Kill and they weren't the number one team in, to win the Super Bowl as far as odds were concerned with Vegas. But the reason the Chiefs are still there. It's because of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. It's because they're still there. It's the same way with high school football. When you look at, okay, and you put out preseason rankings, who's going to be good and who's going to be bad, it's the team that still has the quarterback coming back, and you're thinking, okay, this team's going to be good. So you say, look out for this team this year, because you don't know. These guys, you know, change and go to college and whatever. You don't know who's going to be good or bad, but because a certain coach is there and always wins, you have the expectations that team's going to be a good high school football team. 
Same way with preseason rankings in college football. The game has seen those teams play, but yet there's a top 20, a top 25. Because the expectations are certain coaches there, like you just know Nick Saban's going to be good. Doesn't matter who's quarterbacking or who's on that team, you know Alabama's going to be good because of Nick Saban. So the expectations are every year they're going to be a good team. And Clemson ran into it this year. I mean, Debo Sweeney's got two titles. And they had a down year for Clemson, but it was a good year considering for everybody else. But it was a down year because the expectations are they're always going to be good because of Debo Sweeney at head coach. So I do think it's interesting because, I mean, I think the Chiefs are still going to win the division. I know the Chargers, you know, bring in Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson and Russell Wilson's in Denver and Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones in Vegas. But do you have any doubt that Kansas City Chiefs won't win this division? Grant, will they add number seven? I mean, what's your expectations? Your expectations are the Chiefs are still going to do it. Yeah, I wouldn't say there's no doubt, but I'd put them as the, the heavy, heavy favorite, yeah. <clears throat> but if you're still going to list right now, you'd put the Chiefs at the top. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I won't put words in your mouth. but No, you're right. Okay. Just checking. Just checking. Coming up next, the lead analyst from ArrowheadPride.com, Ron Kopp. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Big Sunday, Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson, four days away from the NFL draft. And joining us now, a guy that uh, loves talking draft. Me and I love talking draft with him, Ron Kopp, the lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com. Happy draft week, Ron. I know. I'm not waiting for tomorrow to call it draft week. It's draft week today. We're kicking it off here Sunday morning. So, yeah, I I can feel it, man. We're we're four days away, and I am pumped. I am excited. Let's get to it. Well, it kind of is. It's the beginning of a new week, right? Yeah, I I think so, right? I'll I'll claim it. I'll claim it. Uh, No, it it does feel no, just because today I got a lot of time to dig into a lot of stuff. We report AP draft room later, our last episode before the draft. We got a lot of good stuff lined up for that show, so. It definitely feels, you know, I'm, I'm feeling it, man. I'm feeling the draft. It's exciting. I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready. 
Have you changed your mind at all after hearing Brett Veach on Friday? Has it shaped any opinions that you have, whether they're going to stay at 29 or 30, or do you think they bounced down? Did he say anything that leads you to believe the Chiefs were considering trading? You know what? Honestly, it didn't change anything in my mind. It honestly just confirmed something that I was kind of thinking before anyway, and that's just the fact that – and that's just the fact that uh, – excuse me, sorry. That's just the fact that uh, uh, Jermaine Johnson, the Florida State edge rusher, is one of these top-tier edge rushers, and, and the Chiefs are looking at the edge rushing position because something that we saw this offseason, they weren't able to attack it really, maybe because of the Tyree Kill stuff, maybe because of the hang-up there trying to get a deal done. And something that, that I, I think they could be really considering is, hey, if one of these edge rushers at the top falls to that range, and Veach talked about that 19 to 21 range where there, there are going to be maybe some players that they have in their top 18, their first-round picks, their first-round grades, that maybe fall out of that top 18 where it becomes a value for them all of a sudden, that's where they trade up. I just think – I mentioned Jermaine Johnson because I think he's the one guy among those top edge rushers that can, that can play right away, give you day one kind of uh, play right away that may slip to that point. So I've kind of thought that before. He kind of confirmed it for me. And I do think the fact that he just didn't really want to talk about edge rushers. He liked talking about the receiver class, other positions. But, man, he, he – and they haven't brought in edge rushers for visits at all, really. I really think they're playing their cards close to the chest with edge rusher. And if the right one falls to a certain position, like Johnson, or even – I mean, who knows? Maybe Thibodeau falls a certain amount past the top ten where Veach feels like it's worth the swing, right? So, I think edge rusher – I've kind of thought that before, but I really think – they're eyeing that top tier, and if, if one of them falls enough, they're going to go up and get them maybe. Where do you think they'd wait to, to, the, to the end point where uh, the cliff, where if a player's not there or if a player still is there, how deep do you think they'll trade down? Because if they go down 19, 20, and 21, it's the Saints, the Steelers, and the Patriots. I mean, the Steelers have done business with the Chiefs in the past, and they're, they're at a point now they're rebuilding and probably accumulating picks. Patriots, I don't see doing business with the Kansas City Chiefs, but the Saints probably would. No, it's, it's, it's a good point. The AFC teams may not want to do anything with them, and then you go to 22, another spot where the Packers probably aren't going to want to trade back with the Chiefs, right? They're, they're oh, going to be God, no. Positions at the Chiefs. Yeah, so you're, it's a good point to bring up because, yeah, there may even not even be an opportunity. And I think the Saints, as much as they'll probably be willing to do business, they're probably going to be moving from that pick, and so they might not even be there. They may be still moving and grooving around that first round with all the capital they acquired. But, no, I, I, I think that he talked about the receiver class, the top of the receiver class. I just think, uh, you know, I, I don't think they're, they're in that mode maybe for the same – they don't have the same motivation to go up and get a receiver maybe. I really think it's the edge rushing position that they're, that they're thinking about going up for. And, and I think they, they like the value. They have so many of these picks. And if one of those guys doesn't fall, I feel like that's when we could maybe see even a possibility of a trade back with one of those first-round picks, acquire another top 50, top 60 type pick somehow, and have four, you know, dart throws, or five, I should say, dart throws in that, you know, 20, 29 to 60 range where you have receivers, edge rushers, corners that you may like, you know, a little more than, uh, you know, the guys you can get at 29 30 if you just sat there. Yeah, because he mentioned specifically 30 through 60. I mean, we know how much he likes that second and third round because he did last year as well. But that would basically be the second round, so he gets another pick in that round because of the depth of this draft. But, you know, the seismic shift, because we've seen a lot of the trade downs for a receiver, like getting Jamison Williams or Chris Olave, but we just haven't seen those mocks, Ron. Or if there is one, let me know where it is, the national media that has the Chiefs trading down for an edge. But that's that's why the smokescreen worked. 
That's why it's worked yeah, to this I, point because nobody's buying that. They always like Chiefs are trading down for wide receiver. I'm with you. If they do trade down, it's for edge. But is, is there a certain category where you think they'll stay at 29 or 30? If we'll say all the – even Jermaine Johnson's got like 15. Or do you see them trading to 15 or 12 where the Vikings are? Or do you think they'll sit and be patient, wait to see who's still there at 19 to 21 before they make the pounce? Or can you see them going up? Because we know it's more draft capital when you have to get up to 12 to 15. See, that's the thing. That's why I mentioned Thibodeau. As, as, I, I think it's just got to be worth I think it's got to be the right swing. I think Jermaine Johnson is not worth maybe the top 12-ish kind of swing where you're getting to that number 12 spot to grab him, even though he may go in that range. And that's the thing. You know, he is projected to go even top 10, top 12-ish. You know, he's not. He's got Vegas to odds to go number two a lot. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's a – and that's the thing. He's a really high-floor player, and that's why I like him for the Chiefs because, I mean, he'd come in right away and be the starting – you know, a starting defensive end and give you quality snaps. But, yeah, no, I, I think that's why I mentioned, like, a Thibodeau or, you know, maybe even one of these corners. You know, he's talked about the corner class. He's talked about how in the past – and, and he, he, he's, he's dug his foot in the ground on this point that he makes that it's not that he doesn't like to invest in corners, that the value is never right where they pick in the draft. At the bottom of the first round, he can never find that right value of corner – and then it gets to a point where it, it comes later in the draft. But what if one of those top, like a Derek Stingley Jr., I know he started to heat up. You know, I think his fall was more in the in the pre, pre-draft process, uh, and, and I think it started to heat back up where he will go pretty high, I imagine. But if he's someone that falls maybe into the top 12, 13, 14-ish range, yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe that's where he says, hey, that's actually value there. I believe that's value because maybe I think Derek Stingley's one of the best corners in this class and, and a top five or six pick in my eyes. Yeah, so and, 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 you know, then you're getting a star corner because I, I think he's the number one corner in the class. So, you know, I, I do think it's, it's interesting. I think it's just got to be the right swing. But we know Veach. He, he's, he's a scout. He, he, can, he can identify talent. And if there's enough talent, man, he, he's got the draft capital to make the move. So I, I do think there's a good chance we'll see him, like, target a specific player uh, on day one and, and go get him. Well, he said there's 16, 18 players they consider first-round surefire picks. And that, a lot of teams are probably in the same category. But they're not really grading quarterbacks. So they're kind of leaving that yeah. part out of it, obviously, because they don't need a quarterback. Or some teams draft boards, you know, maybe 21, 22, because they value, you know, three or four quarterbacks to be first-round talent. I, I like what he said, though. You get to the later rounds, like the third round or whatever, and you pretty much know what people are looking at. You know the guys who they're looking at. But when you get to a certain point, like the second, third round, that all goes out the window, and then it's just teams value certain guys more than others, which I think makes the draft more interesting when you get to the second, third rounds. Yeah, exactly, and the Chiefs have so much capital in the second and third rounds that, that they have a lot that, that they can work with and, and different positions, too. I think one position that he didn't mention that you know no one really asked him about or anything was, was safety. I, I really do think they're going to be looking hard at the safety class me and you talked to Thor, uh, you know, on, on your show, and, and he broke down the safeties. And, and there's a lot of good ones, right, in that, in that day two range that they could get and, and maybe even convert a guy like Jalen Petrie, the Baylor safety, into more of a slot cornerback. And then that fills the cornerback need, too. And so I, I, I do think, you know, we need to consider safety more, too. But he really did just talk about the cornerback class, the receivers, the edges. I do want to say, too, though, about the edge rushing position, a point that, that he made up, uh, that he made, was that he talked about how, you know, there, there's the scheme fit thing with, with hey, maybe some 3-4 rushers don't necessarily fit in the scheme. But he kind of talked about how 
it's a conversation and, and they all get to a point where, you know, if he's a really good rusher, we're going to get him in this defense, right. And make it work. You know, we're going to make it work with the coaching staff that, that, you know, two names that come to mind when you talk about a guy like that are Arnold DiBichetti, who we've talked about a bunch, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then also the Oklahoma edge rusher, Nick Benito, who, who's obviously a, you know, a thinner, you know, smaller framed player, but obviously can, can get after the quarterback from the edge position. So I just think, you know, we don't we don't want to rule out those guys just because they're not the typical four three DN. And and I know we've talked about that, but a guy like Bonito is is someone that maybe we don't think about enough in Chiefs Kingdom. But man, he can get after the quarterback. He can fly off the ball. And maybe they just need to take a chance on one of those guys, even if he is going to be more of a situational player because he's not going to be able to be a three down hand in the dirt. Uh, defensive end, but he's going to get after your quarterback, which is way more important at, at some point. Yeah, I'm just really curious when the, the when they make the trade up. I mean, or do they garner more picks for the second, third round? Because I think the second round is prime for the Chiefs to jump up, not stay at 50, but try to get up there in the, in the 30s and early 40s. Because I see a lot yeah, of exactly. talent coming off the board just before they get to 50. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. That's that's what would make sense for them. Yeah, and we and you've done that in your mock draft where they traded up to about thirty five or thirty eight. Yeah. guys like Logan Hall or Daxton Hill, and and Logan Hall is someone that I feel like is going to be in that range where they may not want to take that first round pick on him. He may not be you know that type of player, but maybe you move back a few spots. Maybe you get closer to forty and you feel better about it with where the value is. Maybe acquiring more draft capital. But, you know, I, and, and I think the safety class is in that same range where they could go in, in that top range. But, you know, yeah, it is interesting, man. I, he also mentioned the running back class. He mentioned it was really late in, in the draft, right? He mentioned the late round, fifth, sixth, seventh round, how stacked it is. I imagine that's where he's probably going to look for it. But, you know, there is still a need for, that, for a, a role in this, in this running back rotation. There's three guys right now, but I do think they need a fourth guy that can be more, uh, you know, an impact in the passing game, maybe good pass protection. So I wouldn't, you know, don't be shocked. You know, I, I hope it's not one of the first four round picks because I think there's a lot of more holes you can address. But, you know, if it's the right value, if they really like a guy and he's really going to fill a role, then it probably is worth it. So don't be surprised if, if you see running back uh, be used, uh, you know, with one of the, the picks. It may just be wait till the seventh round. But, hey, at the same time, I think you had some, you know, Tyler Algeo, the BYU running back. I mean, there is sometimes in the fourth round where it's good enough value. And if he's going to play a role in this offense, then then it's worth it. Yeah, that comment about fifth, sixth, seventh, or undrafted of a thousand yards didn't know entirely what to make of that because he's right because there will be yeah. like there there always is. There's going to be a guy picked in the seventh round or undrafted that's going for a thousand yards in the NFL. That's going to happen. We know that is. But was that comment calculated to mean like want other teams to think the Chiefs aren't going to do anything, but yet? You know, they're sitting in the fourth round, and teams are going. Chiefs aren't taking a running back, and then they do. Right. Like I, yeah. Like I don't know if that was a smoke screen or not, but he didn't let. He never put anything specifically out there. He might talk to depth of position, but they stayed away from individual players and things like that because you got to do that as a GM. Well, and, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, I it, to be honest with you, running back value. I mean, I, I would, I would wait. I would hope they would, you know, just priority free agent or a seventh round pick because like you just mentioned you find them so easy these, these guys that can give you impact snaps that didn't that weren't drafted and so you just with their position they're in where they can stack up on the defensive line the receiver position you know the defensive backfield the secondary with those first four round picks yeah st- stack all that up and then just you know take your chance on a, a good athletic pro- profile in the later rounds I mean you know a guy like Keontae Ingram the USC running back who is, is a pretty impressive uh, runner, you know, it seems like to me, uh, you know, he's projected to go seventh round priority for you. I mean, there's just so many guys. I, 
yeah, he, he'll have a, a picking of them for sure later in the, in the draft. Yeah. And the one thing too, as far as, uh, you know, not fall in love with certain players to make a move down. I, I don't know, man. I, I just keep sitting here thinking, I right, what was a smoke screen? What was it? This is part of the fun, Ron. This is why we have fun during draft time and try to figure out what they're doing. And the bottom line is none of us know what anybody's thinking as much as we <laughs> think. So we don't know. Well, well, yeah, and, and Veach, you know, summed it up really well. He had a, he had the quote, uh, you know, uh, as far as who to believe, don't believe anything. And then he just, you know, he had a 35-minute press conference explaining all this stuff, and then he tells us that. So we could be reacting to absolutely, you know, nonsense right now. But uh, that's what it's all about, man. I, I do think there was some stuff to take away that we talked about. It was a good press conference. Yeah, did you ever think he well, – it lasted a long time, what, 35 minutes? Did you ever yeah. – did, did you ever think – because last year was the Orlando Brown thing, like he has a speech – or the press conference in Orlando Brown, you know, ends up being a chief later that day when it was pushed back 15 minutes. Were you thinking to yourself, what's going on here? What do the Chiefs got up their sleeves? Well, you know, he opens it up by joking about, you know, that Zebo Samuel is yeah. the target. And, uh, I mean, you know, how bold, how bold would it have been if he actually, you know, after saying that, go out and still trade it for Debo Samuel after joking about it. Uh, yeah, no, you know, that's Veach, man. He's, he's got the poker face. I mean, you know, he's. Like you mentioned, you know, he did a whole pre-draft press conference knowing he was about to trade for Orlando Brown and, you know, talked through that. So, yeah, no, I'd, I I wouldn't be surprised if we still see him move before the draft happens. I wouldn't be, like, shocked, but I, I, I'm in the mode where I hope not. I hope we just use the draft capital and have a, a really fun draft weekend uh, acquiring new Chiefs players. Well, he says he's going to build the team through the draft, and I 100% actually believe that. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, you know, you're right. He did directly say that, and and I think I, 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 like I said, I hope that's the case. I really do because, and even if that means I, I've mentioned on your show, but hey, what if they trade this year a, a draft pick this year for future capital, you know, next year? I even like the idea of that if if they don't want to crowd the rookie class too much this year. But let's build through the draft, right? Yeah, I, I like the idea of that. It'll be a fun draft weekend for sure. Well, you're already looking ahead next year, and it's you know, it could be ten picks or more at this point, because when you put it though in the comp picks, so they're still yeah. looking to have quite a few next year in Kansas city. And that's only going to grow. Well, yeah. And Hey, you know, it's nice to have a lot of picks and when you're picking in front of your hometown fans. So uh, yeah, I, I think that's, that's the case. And uh, that's the thing though, you know, we talk about building, you know, getting younger and cheaper. That's their mode this off season. You know, that, that doesn't take one off season. You don't just say, all right, we're just going to get a bunch of rookies this off season, then go back to being aggressive and not using draft capital for, you know, forever, you know, no, it's gotta be a, a, you know, multi-year process where you take, you know, a few swings at the draft every year. You know, you, in the last couple of years, he has really built a good foundation of rookies. And if he continues to do that for another couple of years, man, um, you know, it, it, they, they'll have a really good base with that from Holmes going forward. So it, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they, they if they do address the 2023 capital at all uh, with how much they have uh, in this year's draft. And leaving you with this, Ron, his favorite thing he said to me was, or not just the, the thing I took most out yeah. of it. Let me put it this way. When he said, when he said that uh, a lot of people, he joke, he said he jokes around about it, but winning a Super Bowl as a GM, everything's icing on the cake, but it's not, it's the pressure to keep winning them. And I like that. Well, yeah, man, especially I, I think about it too. I mean, Beach is one of the youngest GMs, man, and he won it very early. And I'm sure there's, you know, when he's thinking about it, like he, he has a chance to be one of the most prolific, you know, successful GMs of all time. And so I think there's a, a lot of pressure just because of his age, you know, to continue doing that. So I totally, you know, I, I love it. I think Beach is, is definitely locked in and, and ready to go for sure. Four days, Ron. Four days to keep that content rolling out at arrowheadpride.com. 
Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you're all checking it out. We got plenty of articles coming out. You know, stuff on late round prospects. Just because that's you know that's kind of the the last pieces of this. But uh, you know, we'll have AP draft room out this week. Plenty of podcasts coming out to get you ready. And and yeah, man, I'm excited. We'll be talking soon. I'm sure. Good stuff, Ron. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. But uh, I'll be checking out ArrowheadPride.com. Ron Cop, lead analyst, ArrowheadPride.com. Thanks, Ron. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. There you go. Four days till the NFL draft. I'll react to a few things Ron said and just kind of uh, reiterate some of the things Brett Veach said at his press conference next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even grocery shopping. I can't find the baked beans. I'm on it. And when you love saving money, you want to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance with GEICO. Oh, forgot the almond milk. On it. GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. Our homes, we protect them from intruders with security systems. But there's another kind of intruder most people aren't aware of until it's too late. Home title thieves. When a criminal transfers your home title to a fake identity and steals your title, no one will notify you. Not the police, not even your bank. Sadly, people find out when it's too late, when their home is sold out from under them, or the eviction notice comes. That's when the legal nightmare begins. You need Home Title Lock, America's leader in home title protection. For just pennies a day, Home Title Lock puts a virtual barrier of protection around your home's title. With 24-7 monitoring, cyber technology has made it easy for criminals to steal your home. Home Title Lock alerts you if your home becomes their target. Make sure you're not already a victim. Go to MyTitleLock.com and for a limited time, get your free title scan and complete title report. $100 value, free with sign-up. Just go to MyTitleLock.com. That's MyTitleLock.com. The biggest event of the season is this weekend at Diamonds Direct. Three days of sparkling store-wide savings. Rings, earrings, pendants, bracelets, colored gemstones. Fresh picked from top designers. You save an extra 20% on virtually everything at this unmissable event. The selection at Diamonds Direct is bigger than ever. Top designers have flown in their entire collections for this. All on sale. The newest style. Plus countless engagement rings and wedding bands. All with the best prices, guarantees, and warranties. Three days only. This Friday through Sunday. And only at Diamonds Direct. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. In business, you need connections. Now you can connect with unprecedented access to the nation's largest delivery network. Introducing USPS Connect. You want reach? We go there. You want easy? We make returns simple. You want fast? We deliver same day. Move your business forward with the United States Postal Service. Let's connect at uspsconnect.com. Specific markets, restrictions apply. Same day expected with entry close to final destination. If you have a small business, Staples has your sign. Banners for my bakery? Staples has your sign. Oh, posters for my new pet store. Floor decals for a pharmacy. Every day, Staples Associates help every kind of small business create bold signs to make big impressions. And now get $10 off custom signs, banners, and posters when you spend $50 or more. This is your sign. So print it big at Staples. Ends 528. Visit staplesconnect.com slash this is your sign for details. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. Straight Talk Wireless now has the new iPhone 13 with cinematic mode, which lets you focus on what matters. And with Straight Talk, you can focus on getting the best deal. Our Silver Unlimited plan is just $45 a month for unlimited talk, text, and data. 
and it runs on the largest, most dependable networks. Now with nationwide 5G. With the iPhone 13 on Straight Talk, you can share whatever you want, wherever you want. Straight Talk Wireless. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19? Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Your home for Royals baseball is right here. 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Big Sunday, Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson. People are wanting Kadarius Tony now. No. No. You want a guy that gets in the playbook, right? I don't think that's uh, what you'd want. Because everybody's looking for that guy. It's changed things around. But no, I'd, I'd roll with the draft and looking for a wide receiver, to be quite honest with you. But Red Beach said some interesting things on Friday. 16 to 18 uh, is who he thinks are first round picks. And that's that's kind of standard for a lot of teams because some of it's crapshoot. Some of it's a real crapshoot, especially when you get in the 20s because a lot of times teams will take guys in the 20s that maybe they would have taken the second round but want to make sure they get them. Well, they don't have a second round pick and it's like, well, might as well get them now at this point. But could the Chiefs trade up if a player's still there 19 to 21 because that's what we talked about. Talked about the 19 to 21 range where if one of the guys they have a first round grade on falls to that trade or that range of trade up might materialize for the Chiefs. And, you know, if they do trade up, I think it's for edge. I don't think it's for wide receiver. I think they'll take their chance where they're at at the end of the first round or later depth at wide receiver in the draft. Trading up for an edge, it depends on who's still there. You know, talking to Ron, it's Jermaine Johnson. If he's still there, I think they can still get quality edge sitting at 29 or 30. But if they do trade up, that's the position I think they trade up for because it's more coveted. Wide receiver depth, you can get in a lot of different areas. And, yeah, you look at wide receivers and you'll say, well, you got to get a receiver in the first round because of Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and those guys. Well, you can also look at Devontae Adams, second round. DK Metcalf, second round. Tyree Kill, fifth round. Stephon Diggs, fifth round. I mean, there's a ton of talent, not even in the first round as far as wide receivers are concerned. Yeah, if you go up to like five, four or five, you're going to get a receiver that's probably damn good in the National Football League. But history would dictate if you wanted quality edge, you need to be drafting them in the first round. Again, last year, out of the top 20 sackers, 18 were first-round picks. 12 were picks 1 through 15. So history says if you want a guy, you need to get up there to top 15 if you want a good edge rusher. Although I think this year is the asterisk. I think there's certain guys like Aiden Hutchinson, you know, that'll change the, the dynamics of your team. I think Thibodeau's one of those guys, too. If he falls, I don't see him falling a ton in this year's draft. And then Jermaine Johnson or Trayvon Walker, which they have no chance at him either. But I am curious. I'm also curious on the uh, – same guy from the same D or same, same guy that coming off a of defense, getting a lot of players drafted like Georgia. Cause you have Trayvon Walker, 
Devontae Wyatt, Nicobe Dean, Lewis Seen. You know, who who's the guy? Like Jordan Davis? Like who's the guy? Or are they just all benefiting off each other from that elite defense? Because I've seen a lot of teams make the mistake of drafting the same team's player that's not the lead dog. Chiefs guilty of it too. They took Ryan Sims. And it was Julius Peppers that win the same draft. They're both top six picks. Julius was number two. Sims was number six. But they went Sims, and he benefited off of Julius Peppers on the same defensive line. And I've seen the same thing with the Chiefs drafting Kyle Gordon, the cornerback from Washington, even though Trent McDuffie is the star from that Washington secondary, in my opinion. So it's always you always have to be cautious when you draft a second player on a defense. But, yeah, he mentioned the running backs as well. Fifth, sixth, and seventh round are undrafted. We'll get 1,000 yards next year. I 100% agree with that because it always happens. Guys that get overlooked running the football because running backs become kind of a dime a dozen. You know, you, you fit in the scheme. I mean, even a guy like Derek Gore that's doing so much for the Chiefs, he wasn't drafted. But you like his talent. You like, I do. I like his pop. I like what he does when he's got the football in his hands. And we're talking about a guy that was overlooked by teams in the NFL draft, still overlooked in my opinion, but he's got that juice that you may see on NFL Sundays very soon. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you're drafted. It's how good you can become. And there's certain things about guys with chips on their shoulder I really like. And that's a big reason six, seventh rounders or undrafted guys, they always feel like they should have been drafted. They should have been a fifth rounder. They should have been a sixth rounder. And they carry that chip. They carry that chip all the way to the NFL. And that's always a good thing. So good stuff from Ron Cop right there. And we'll have live draft coverage for you on Thursday night. Uh, the whole first round. So from 6 o'clock to whenever, talk about the Chiefs picks, where they trade down, and we'll go in-depth on that. We'll look at the players, the bios. We're going to have a ton of fun. See what the AFC West is doing. We're kind of moving and shaking. Of course, the Raiders are not picking in the first round, so we can uh, mark them off. But we can still talk about what they're doing, what the AFC West is doing, and what teams are doing. What teams are doing to combat Mahomes. We already saw you know, Chandler Jones in Vegas and Khalil Mack with the Chargers, you know, teams are bulking up their edge rushers to try to stop Mahomes because they're tired of losing to the Chiefs six straight years in the division. So we've seen what other teams are doing. Always an interesting thing. Or what are they doing for Russell Wilson in Denver to make that team better? So, again, the draft is not only interesting from your own team, but other teams that play your team and what they're doing to try to stop you. The uh, chess match, the gamesmanship involved in all that. Then Saturday, uh, draft coverage the whole day as well. Um Draft Fest at Arrowhead Stadium. I know Dusty Likens. We're going to put him out there. And uh, Chris and I, uh, Uno Cero broadcasting that. And you'll hear from players uh, that are drafted from the Chiefs. We have a ton of things in store for you next weekend as it's full-on draft. Then, of course, next Sunday, Grant and I will recap the draft. And then uh, Monday, another draft special with the recap on what the Chiefs did. So a ton of draft stuff coming up right here on 610 Sports Radio. Coming up next, though, I've been doing draft specials the last couple of weeks, and I had an opportunity to talk to Lucas Cruel uh, on Thursday. He's an interesting guy. Played at Mill Valley, won a couple state titles out there, went to Florida, transferred because of Kyle Pitts, ends up with Kenny Pickett at the University of Pittsburgh, made all ACC as a tight end, had incredible numbers at his pro day, unbelievable numbers, would have ranked in the top four tight ends and 40 and vert and three cone shuttle, but a great guy, great player. 
And uh, he was a lot of fun to talk to through this draft process. And he's already had a top 30 visit to the Kansas City Chiefs. So my conversation, and Ron Kopp was in here with me as well, our conversation with Lucas Cruel next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.